Passion, analysis, hot takes. Welcome to Political Football. And now, your hosts, Clee, Dave, and Matias. Not going to play the intro twice like I did before. Welcome back to Political Football, everybody. I'm Matty Ice, and it's it's the day, folks. It is the day. And this weekend, we will get to hear these glorious words for the first time in the 2021 season. Seven hours of commercial-free football. I'm telling you, it's absolutely wonderful. Red Zone is back. The NFL is back. We are recording this on Thursday. Tonight is the first game of the season. And I'd like to welcome in Dave, who is in his bed, and Cleve, who is just the Jets logo right now. Welcome back, fellas. Yo, what's going on? Cleve, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm, uh, you know, looking forward to a new season. Uh, I got my snacks ready to go for tonight. Um, nice. Trying to go a little healthier, but uh, there will be some some skullduggery. So. so last week we talked about Tyrod Taylor and Cleve had the wonderful idea of a 30 for 30. Well, I went and got the music that I don't have the rights to. So a disclaimer on that. It may or may not make the podcast, but it will be great for content. So fellas, I put together a 30 for 30 trailer for your Texans quarterback, Tyrod Taylor. Nice. What if I told you that he was the greatest Virginia Tech quarterback, not named Michael Vick? That he would be a Super Bowl champion quarterback, just not as a starter. That he would be benched for Nathan Peterman. That he would end a 17-year playoff drought only to be benched the very next season. That he would play for the Cleveland Browns and it still wouldn't be the worst team he'd ever play for. And that he would lose his starting job because a doctor didn't know where his lungs were. ESPN is proud to present a 30 for 30 special. Tyrod Taylor, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> it's good. So, so, so there you go. Uh, a, a little, a little thirty for thirty magic for Tyrod because it won't be made, but it will be made here on this show. Tyrod strikes me as the type of guy who like is definitely gonna hit the power ball when he's like fifty four <laughs> to make up to make up for all this nonsense that's happening to him. And he's 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 got a really good attitude, you know. Bless yeah. the guy. Um, he's who knows he could even be benched for Deshaun Watson this year, who has like 58, 58 rape allegations on his uh, allegedly uh, on Man. his on his record. So it could, uh-huh. we could even add to this for next season. He is going to get benched this year for Davis Mills, who probably <laughs> is what Cleve thinks Tua is. So this thirty for thirty is going to get another chapter after this season, I think. All right. And speaking of speaking of thirty for thirties, Chase Daniels is next. I, I just hey. want to nominate that. So the nominate that is next. I didn't know he was in the thirty league. million for thirty million. Oh yeah, <laughs> thirty million exactly. for thirty snaps. Exactly. Oh man, that's good. I mean, that's not quite Sam Bradford money, but we're we're getting close. Uh, more more and more years in the league, he might be able to might be able to make that happen. All right, guys. So we have a divisional preview to wrap up. Uh, we have quite a bit to get to, so we're just going to hop right into it. Predictions: Where a buck can be a fraud, Tua can be a bust. And the AFC South can be worthless. This is Political Football's Divisional Preview. And we have come full circle. We have called the Bucks non-frauds. The AFC South sucks, as we know. And now we are going to get to Tua. And Tua was mentioned there. So, Dave, let's start in the AFC East, if you don't mind, sir. 
the AFC East. We can start in the AFC East. So, again, just in case we have new listeners, we're doing these in the order that I think the teams are going to finish from bottom to top within the division. And then the fellows will let me know if they agree or disagree. And the AFC East is going to be a little bit interesting here, I think, giving uh, Matt's fandom and Cleve's biases and fandom. Uh, but in fourth place, I do have the New York Jets. I'm sorry, Cleve. Yeah. Last I, year. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, the Jets were two and 14, but this year, their win total prop is six wins. Mm. So that's a nice little, that's a nice little uh, Im- improvement there that, that's being expected. Now, the thing is, is that this team is greatly improved. I mean, they have made really solid bets at many important positions, starting with head coach. Uh, Robert Sala is the former defensive coordinator for the 49ers. Uh, just to quickly note, he is also from Dearborn, Michigan, and went to Michigan State, and the Detroit Lions hired Dan Campbell instead. So we will see how this works out uh, going forward, because Robert Sala does not bite kneecaps or drink lion piss. Um, <laughs> but then they also, in the second overall pick, they took Zach Wilson, who is a big gamble because they took Zach Wilson ahead of Trey Lance, ahead of Mac Jones, ahead of Justin Fields. You know, they could have had anybody they wanted besides Trevor Lawrence. So they took Zach Wilson and, you know, he's, he could be pretty good. So, you know, it's a good, it's a good bet to take. They didn't take Blair Thomas. They didn't take Jeff Lagerman. You know, they took, they took the right, the right position to take. And then finally we have Elijah Moore, their second round pick, a great wide receiver prospect. And the thing is he plays all over the field. And so this will allow all the other Jets wide receivers to be able to play as well and allow the offense to do a few more things than they were originally planning on. So I actually am pretty excited for this team. I mean, they're going to lose a lot of games, but I'm excited for their, for their trajectory and I'm excited for the direction they're going. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. And it's it's I don't disagree with anything that you said. And also I, I would I would add that new quarterback, new system for this quarterback um, has to gel with with what what they got, and it's an, it's a new head coach. So uh, the way the Jets fandom should see it is that it's 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 year zero, not cover zero. Well, oh, nice. it's still actually cover zero. This secondary <laughs> is terrible. Like this secondary is so bad, they'll be in cover zero even when they're in a dime package. Like they are, <laughs> they are terrible. And they are going to lose some games to like fifty two to seven because it doesn't click for Wilson, and they they cannot stop anybody. But that's that's for next year. You can't fix it all at once, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. They were atrocious. Yeah. So they fix they fix what they could. Yeah, gotcha. I have the Jets as like a five or six win team. They do have some favorable teams in their schedule: uh, Bengals, Jags, Falcons. You know, uh, Houston. So there there is there is some room for them to get to that six win threshold. But I had them somewhere between five and six, also finishing in last place. So we continue our trend up, Dave. All right, excellent. Well. I don't know if we're going to continue agreeing with the next team here, Matt. I don't know if you're going to agree with me that the third place team will be the New England Patriots. I do. All right, man, wow. we are we are we are in lockstep here. So last year the Patriots were seven and nine, uh, which I think was a bit of a coaching miracle, for being honest. And their total this year is nine and a half. So they are expected to improve a little bit, and that would make sense for a couple of reasons. The coach is amazing, and I think their quarterback play is going to be improved with Mac Jones. I think, as I said during draft season, Mac Jones, I don't think has an incredibly high ceiling, but I think his floor is very high. So if you have yeah. a great coach, you just need a quarterback that is not going to go out there and lose games for you and be terrible. And I think Mac Jones is that from the start. Just right right away, that's what he's going to be able to do. 
the only issue I have though with this team are the playmakers, the weapons. I mean, we have Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Damian Harris. I don't really see a difference maker in the playmaking players that can really take this team beyond the other teams in the division. Yeah, but I think this team is going to look very similar to those early Super Bowl teams where you know they didn't have a lot of weapons, stout defense, and they don't make a lot of mistakes. They're not going to wow you. I don't expect that at all. But I saw them having an 11 win ceiling that's if some things go right you know like a bounce here bounce there something like that but i I did see them as 10 wins so nine and a half makes a lot of sense to me um and you know and i think that it's not necessarily this year that they're playing for but i think they are going to be better than last year getting back some of those opt-out guys from last year on defense obviously this free agent spending that they had uh, and they're going to be hindered by a lack of true weapons Uh, again if you look at just the conference in general they're, they're not going to compete there but I, I do see them improving, and that's a start. I would flip-flop them. Um, I don't think that they're third. I think um, uh, the coaching is superior. Um, and now you have a quarterback that possibly fits what you want to do versus uh, what, what was there for, for the mop-up. Um, and again, it's, it's, it's probably my tour bias because I just don't believe in the guy. Um, and obviously, from weapons to weapons, uh, Miami is, is would be favored, obviously, uh, personnel-wise. But I just think that um, if they could have gotten what they got with Cam, then they could probably get more with Mac. So that's just me. I, I would flip-flop that. It's funny that you assume that I have the Dolphins in second. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Of, of course. Yeah, no, I know. Like, yeah. yeah. I was <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, I, I just want to freeze. That wasn't a freeze. That was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just wanted to see the look on your face, but no, I think I, so the thing about the Patriots is that I think, I think that Matt's right. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes, which is helpful. The coaching is obviously great, but they don't have anybody yet that can just take over and win in a close game, win a close game. Right. Cause you can't forget that they did have like the best quarterback ever, mm-hmm. or at least the greatest, the most accomplished, the winningest. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, if you put Tom Brady back at quarterback on this team, I think nine and a half or 10 wins actually makes a lot more sense. But I, I actually think they are closer to finishing bottom of this division than they are to finishing second. So I, mm-hmm. I like the under on the nine and a half. Um, okay. Even though I don't really like, I didn't actually bet it because I'm not going to bet against Bill Belichick anymore. Um, I've, already, <laughs> I, I've already, I've already lost rent doing that. Um, I'm not, not going to bet against them anymore. But I, I can just see this, you know, the eleven win ceiling, I actually agree with Matt, is there, but I can see this also being a five win team when things do not go right. Yeah, and Cleve, I think to segue to the Dolphins here, since that is clearly the next team, um, I think the difference between these teams is let's say that Tua doesn't end up being good. Well, they're bringing in Jacoby Brissett, who is an established backup, and their playmakers on offense are a lot better. So let's call the defense's equivalent just for the sake of argument. Um, you know, the receiving core that they have is so much better than the Patriots. I would like to think that a guy like Brissett, who is seasoned, could make more out of that. And Mac Jones is going to be expected to play like a rookie at times. And I think that's where the floor of this team comes in because he may not have the kind of floor that some of these other prospects have, but he has he's a rookie. I mean, he's going to be, see defensive schemes he's not seen. He's going to be confused at times. And there may be games where the, the, the scheme of trying to run the ball and play good defense isn't working, and they're going to need him to win a game. And it's a lot to ask a rookie to do that. So I think that there are some of those factors are in play that even if Tua doesn't work out, that the, the drop off from Tua to Jacoby Brissett with that skill set isn't catastrophic the way that it is for a lot of other teams in the league. 
show. So here's the thing about the Miami Dolphins. First, I do want to mention that last year they were 10 and six, but missed the playoffs. And their total this year is nine and a half. So the to- win total is the same as the Patriots. So Vegas likes them as being as being very, very similar, similar teams. <laughs> But I want to I want to get this on tape and on record because both of you now have mentioned Jacoby Brissett. Unless Tua gets hurt, Jacoby Brissett's not playing this year. The bet on Tua is much better going into this year than it was on Baker going into his second year. Right? Tua was coming off this awful injury, did not have the offseason. His first year was his crazy COVID year. The offense was designed to fit Fitzpatrick first, not him. In addition, they go and they bring in Will Fuller. They draft his college teammate, Jalen Waddell, both of whom are wide receivers, and they found a running back through last season in Miles Gaskin. The defense is better. The offensive line is better. And I actually think their coach, Brian Flores, there's a there's a chance he's actually really good. And he probably isn't terrible, but there's a chance he's also really good. This is a great, great, great situation to bet on a player. Now, I don't think Tua is a lock, but we cannot forget that heading into the 2019 season, it was tank for Tua. He is an elite quarterback prospect, has all the college production. He now has great players around him. He is a favorite to do well in his in in this position, the same way Baker was once they finally got him Odell and Jarvis Landry and you know all these all this other help. Tua was in a great spot to do well, which is why I'm banking on him so heavily to do well. Uh, I I can disagree so much more with that. I think by week four or five, uh, and this is this is being recorded as well, so this is in the archives. The 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 Tua situation will 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 rear its head, um, and we'll just see. I, I don't want to beat a dead horse because we have a lot to cover. Uh, I just don't believe in Tua. I've seen I've seen Joby uh, uh, Jacoby be a decent backup, and it's going to be the Fitz thing all over again where he's going to have to run mop up because I don't think Tua. Uh, to your point, Dave, last season is that you need, like, you need, and I agree with that. You need to keep keep him in no matter what. Have him take his take his beatings, take his mistakes, take everything because he has to show that at where he got drafted and where the belief in him is that he has to finish a game. So I want to see that. Matt, do you by any chance have access to the Dolphins' first five weeks? Yes. Uh, do you mind reading off uh, who the first five weeks are that these games at after which two is going to be so bad with Wolf Fuller, Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, and Jalen Waddle that he's going to get benched? All right, so I've got it for you. I got, you wanted the first five games, Dave? Yeah, because he's going to be benched by week four, so we'll give him the fifth week. All right, so we have Patriots on the road, Bills at home, Raiders on the road, Colts at home, Bucks on the road. Yeah, he's going to be fine. Like They're <laughs> going to be like three and two. Yeah, they could be. So, I mean, you know, you never know. But um, and, he's, and he's going to eviscerate the Raiders. Well, I would hope so. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. Yeah, he's not, yeah. He's, not, he, he's, he's not going anywhere. I, I'm really liking my uh, my bets here, Cleve. All, All right. right. We'll right. watch but, it as the season progresses. Yeah, no, this is, this is going to be fun. I think the Dolphins are definitely a uh, political football team this year. So anyways, moving on to the team that is actually the the jewel of this division. We have the Buffalo Bills who last year were 13 and 3. This year their win total is 11, but I don't read too much into that cuz the highest win total in the league is 12 and a half. So, you know, you don't 11 is is very high. And um you know what? This team has almost everything in place. They are one of the most complete teams in the league. Josh Allen had had an amazing breakout year last year. Um I would have loved to have gotten Cleve's opinions on Josh Allen in going into the season. Probably been very similar to the Tua situation here. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, Stefan Diggs was actually way better in the last half of last season than in the first half. Like, we think mm-hmm. he had this great season, but really he had a great second half of the season. The team of the Bills won their last six regular season games. They went seven and three to 13 and three. I mean, this te- everything about this team is exactly right. The coaching is great. The fan base is wonderful. They have a good home field advantage. Everything is there except for the fact that they are one of the most anti-vax teams. Yep. And they are prime candidates to have to forfeit a game because they can't get enough players vaccinated. Go ahead, Matt. I was going to say, that is one thing that has made my analysis of this season difficult because we can't project or predict those teams that are going to have those issues. And it, you can kind of see like, hey, they're, they're not as vaccinated. But I mean, even looking at tonight's game, I mean, uh, you just never know. A vaccinated player isn't playing. So uh, it's, it's, it's a tough call to make. Uh, but Dave, I, I agree with you on that, that if, if not for that, everything is in place, including the schedule too. Very favorable schedule as well. Yeah, I so, mean, this team, this team once I, I'm sorry, Cleve, one last thing mm-hmm. I want to say is that this team is capable of beating Kansas City at Arrowhead in the winter, which is what the team that comes out of the AFC is probably going to have to do if it's not Kansas City. Like they, that's the hurdle to get over. And the Bills are capable of doing that. Matt and I offline today, uh, during one of our training sessions, we we talked about um, backups that are that are in the league because it, it sparked a conversation off of a cam a cam comment that we that I made, and basically all of this stuff goes to shit if uh, I think fifteen teams that we that we rattled off their their backup and I, I think that isn't the backup Mitch in Buffalo, it is yeah but I, but I think that's a great situation for Mitch or for the or for the for Buffalo both. Bills. For both, I think he's okay. perfect for that role for them. Mm, okay. I mean, so go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, so so I just I just um, and this is from um, probably Dave. You're probably better suited to answer this question than, than any of us. Like, if obviously we know the win totals that 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 Vegas is projecting, and then also like the league and uh, and where the uh, playoffs could end up, but with a court a major quarterback going down. And most of these backups being people that we've never even heard of. Like, you know, obviously we've heard of Mitch, but you know, how how drastically does that change things? If if again, if one of these guys go down and we're looking at the the, the first eight games of the season being just a shit show. So obviously when if you lose a player of Josh Allen's caliber, that's going to lower the the ability of the team. The yeah. thing is, is that not all backups are created equal. And the most important thing for backups are to be able to just have some experience and be a good fit for what you're trying to do. And there are a few things about Mitch in the situation that make him a great backup. The first is that he does have some raw talent. We have seen him put up numbers before in Chicago. He has won people a million dollars multiple times on DraftKings mm-hmm. because he can run a little bit. He, he's got a, a big arm. We also have to, like, there's a chance that his coaching staff in Chicago is terrible. Mm. Right. I mean, he never should have been drafted second overall. So we know the GM is not that bright. Right. <laughs> but, but now he's in Buffalo where we know yeah. they're sharp. Yeah. And he gets to throw to Stefan Diggs. If he gets in the game, he gets the Buffalo defense. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, and, and the thing is he can do similar things to Josh Allen. He just can't do them as well or as consistently, but he can do them well enough on that team 
to make sure they don't fall out. No, Josh Allen gets dacked and he's gone for the entire year. Buffalo yeah. is probably in trouble. But if, yeah. if Josh Allen misses four games because he gets dealt up 14 times, then like Mitch could come in and go three and one or two and two and keep their season on track and ready for the playoffs. And to be fair, any team that loses their quarterback for the entire season is is kind of done. Like they're not in a favorable favorable position anyway. So like to Dave's point, if it's a few games. Except the Dolphins apparently. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. And the Patriots, obviously, with Brian Hoyer. He's been around for like 56 years in the Jesus. League. Anyway, so Dave, you and I are once again in lockstep. That's, I think, like six divisions in a row or seven divisions in a row. That is really something. Okay, uh, so Matt, you're the one leading the charge here. Which division are we moving to next? We are moving to the NFC East. The NFC East. Okay. This will be interesting if we're in lockstep here because this is a division full of just absolute garbage last year. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how we're going to reach the toilet bowl and rearrange these turds. It might not be the same. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so I will say this, Dave, before you start with your teams, I have this division as a whole capped at 10 or 11 wins total. Like, like I mean, not for like all teams, but I mean, like the winner of this division is capped at like 10 wins, maybe 11 if everything goes goes well. So I agree with that analysis. The only reason yeah. I think that they might have a higher ceiling is that they do get to play the other teams of the division six times. They do. So if one really pulls away, that could be six wins they just rack up. Yeah, I took that into consideration. But uh, when I looked at the division as a whole, it very much had an AFC South feel to it. <laughs> yes, except except uh, better at the top. I don't know. I don't really. I don't really favor Tennessee. But we're going to start at the bottom. And, uh, you know, we're going to get this start this year started off right. We're not getting any complaints this year because we are talking about the Giants. The mm. New York Giants last year were 6-10. and 10. Their win total this year is 7, and I have bet that under uh, pretty hard. <laughs> um, like, like if, if, the, if the Giants win six games or fewer, I can afford to lose all my bets to Cleve, no problem. So, <laughs> um, I mean, this, this team is just an absolute dump truck of an organization. Just absolutely terrible. The, the ownership doesn't know what they're doing. Dev Gettleman is awful. Joe Judge is probably the worst coach in the league now that uh, Matt Patricia and Adam Gase have been fired. There is literally nothing positive to say about this team heading into this year, except for the fact that Saquon does appear to be 100% healthy, which means he's going to be able to perform to a point to where they can pay him the contract they need to to hamstring them further for the next regime that is obviously taking over after this year. This wow. team is absolutely terrible. They are in the running for the first overall pick, despite having some decent some decent talent. But uh, Kenny Galladay is hurt. Evan Ingram is hurt. Darius Slayton doesn't want to be there. Sterling Shepard is playing for a contract, and then he's out. He doesn't want to be there anymore. This this is a bad team in a bad situation, and everybody's getting fired. This is actually where Dave and I differ for the first time, but it's like splitting hairs in my opinion, because I have the Eagles and the Giants kind of hovering in the same place. And so I see them as interchangeable. But my biggest thing with the Giants is that I don't believe in Danny Dimes at all. Like, I, I just do not. And all the other p things, you know, considered uh, that Dave just brought up, um, you know, everybody talked about a lot, a lot of talk this offseason about how, well, you know, he doesn't have any excuses. And I'm like, I feel like we know what we have with him. I mean, it was a reach of a pick. I, I feel like that 80 yard run where he tripped over his own feet completely untouched is a microcosm for his career. <laughs> and I don't say that to throw shade at the guy, but think about it. I mean, is, is that a guy that you expect is going to take that organization to the next level? I just don't see it. 
And I think this is the last year of that experiment, and they're going to have to start over. But Dave, to your point, they're going to be starting like Texans over. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be it's going to be really bad. And the thing is, Cleve, you mentioned, you know, what happens if a team loses a starting quarterback and has to play the backup all season? I mean, the Giants are that their starting yeah. quarterback just doesn't exist. I'm like I'm like Earth Two. You know, they drafted somebody else, and Danny Dimes is the backup. But here on Earth One, they just have a backup quarterback that they're going with all season. Do, and and do you actually know who the backup is for the Giants? Is it Colt McCoy? No. Ready for this? Mike Glennon. You believe that? Checks. Yeah, it's great stuff. Wow. Yeah, I um I agree. I I had nothing. I agree with actually both of your takes about them. Um, and I, I, and I will lean on Matt's uh, take about this is the, the move it or prove it year for um, Mr. Dimes. I, I think he becomes a backup officially after this season. It doesn't bode well for him that uh, David Cutcliffe and Duke just lost to Charlotte this past weekend, who was like, I think it's their, <laughs> their, their first year of a program or something like that. So not really great. We all know that Duke is more of a asshole school. I was going to say basketball, but that wasn't fully, that wasn't fully accurate. I think, I think it rhymes. I think it rhymes. <laughs> Man, I hate Duke. Um, yeah, and that doesn't even shade my Danny Dimes opinions. I actually think that as this team, like when we think like the primary forces around the Giants, right? Saquon is fine, but he never should have been drafted that high. Mm-hmm. But then like the ownership, Dave Gettleman, and Joe Judge are all worse than Danny Dimes. I would take Danny Dimes on the Lions before I would take any of these administrative people or coaches around yeah. the Lions. So, you know, I think he's in a rough situation. Next year, uh, Danny Dimes will be, like, in the Mitch Trubisky situation. A good team will sign him to be the backup with, like, mm-hmm. a decent coach. Like, he'll back up Matt Stafford next year in the for the Rams or something. I think that's very probable. I have the Giants fourth. Um, Matt had the Eagles fourth. I have the Eagles third. And just like Matt, I do think these teams are very close together and there's only one real major, uh, major difference. So the first thing is that last year they were four, 11 and one this year, their, uh, total was, uh, is six and a half. Now Cleve, everybody got fired last year, despite having Super Bowl currency. What is your thought on that? Uh, I actually said this to, it's funny you say that. I actually said this to, uh, to Matt today. I said it's amazing how much the Super Bowl currency gets tarnished, where that that coins dusted after a while. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, so um, please strike anything I say about Super Bowl currency going forward because it means nothing. <laughs> it literally okay, means I'm, nothing. I'm I'm glad I'm glad that we have that we have come around on that. I mean. <laughs> I, I mean, you're right. You do get Super Bowl currency. It just doesn't last as long as I think you were thinking <laughs> yeah. it does. Yeah. Um, so the Eagles have a new coach, uh, uh-huh. Nick Sirianni. I think it's Sirianni. Sure. Yeah, uh, something like that. I am pretty confident in saying that he is a, like a total dunce and doesn't know what he's doing and is going to get fired within three years. Is it? Yeah. Is it? Was it the presser that you weren't impressed with? It just, just everything, the, the rock, paper, scissors, and like this, like having Jalen Hurts have to compete for the job when like he needs all the first team reps he could possibly get. I just, I don't know. I don't like to judge people for like how they sound when they're speaking. I'm just not, there's nothing about him that has impressed me yet. Gotcha. At least, at least like Dan Campbell, you could be like, oh, this dude's insane and football people can be insane. <laughs> yeah. Like, you just, yeah. yeah, there's nothing to impress me yet. 
Uh, Jalen Hurts, we don't know if he's good or not. I think Jalen Hurts is actually a much better version of what you're saying about Tua Cleave, where mm-hmm. the bottom could really drop out on him. Yeah. But I think his ceiling is also very high. And no matter what, he's going to be exciting. He's yeah, going to be yeah. exciting to watch. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I I think, I, you know, and again, Matt and I had a very interesting conversation this morning. I think Philly has always intri- intrigued me as a team that it's like you never know what they're going to do. Um, and how much of it they're going to do, even in their Super Bowl run, is they, they always kind of like, just kind of like perplex you a little bit. And again, you know, we don't know what Jalen is, um, hopefully, you know, but again, not bringing in Minshew to that situation, you know, we'll see if there's a quarterback battle at some point where they think that we're going to go with this guy versus this guy. If there's a quarterback battle between Hurts and Minshew, the Eagles are finishing fourth and Matt's going to be right. Yeah. Gardner Minshew and Danny Dimes are the same person. Same, yeah. <laughs> Minshew was just drafted in the right spot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We agree with that. Yeah. I think for me, Dave, like I see these teams as interchangeable and it's, it's only because like neither team ha- has anything that wows me in terms of playmakers, but they're, that like the whole team is a makeup in the coaching like with the patriots they don't have wowing playmakers but you have more confidence in the players that they have in certain spots especially on defense the coaching is experienced right you know that they've been to every situation so you add a first year head coach onto it it doesn't make it any dissimilar from the giants situation like what do we know about joe judge that makes him a better coach than nick sirianni other than one year in the league that's really it. And it seems as if there's a lot of things going against this organization. Even if Jalen Hurts does work out, uh, there's not a, there's not a lot of weapons, at least looking at it. I mean, this is a shell of a team that won a Super Bowl. So I yeah. actually think that they have some good, some good offensive playmakers. Um, Miles Sanders at the running back position is very good. And I think that Jalen Rager, the right receiver they took in the first round last year, is a prime second-year breakout candidate uh, because his first year was mired with all the same COVID nonsense no training camp, and then just a, a terrible workplace environment yeah. between Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson. I don't know if there were death threats involved because I don't think they're those type of people, but if they were, there would have been. Like, they really didn't like each other. So, mm. you know, I, I you know he's got this great pro- profile. I think that he's good. They did draft Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman Trophy at wide receiver first time since Desmond Howard. Anybody's done that. So I think, you know, Zach Ertz is back to fill in the new. He's the new Jason Witten, the dad runner. Zach Ertz, yeah, <laughs> yeah the ball I, falling down, yeah. um, <laughs> running button hooks in his sleep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think that they do have a little bit of uh, skill position talent, and so do the Giants. The problem with the Giants is that I know Danny Dimes sucks, and for the Eagles, I don't know where what Jalen Hurts is going to be, and so I'd rather bet on the unknown of Jalen Hurts. You know, maybe he runs for 1,200 yards and they win seven games, Yeah. right? But but Danny Dimes runs 80 yards and he falls over. So <laughs> I'm going to bet on the Eagles to finish there. But I'm with you, man. I think these teams are very close together, and either one of them could be could be bottom. Yeah. Here, like here. at the at the end of the season, if I was right or you were right, I'd be like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's about that's about right. And I feel the same way about the top two, the two other two teams as well. Like those two teams feel somewhat interchangeable as well, and that tells you a lot about the division. So I, mm. I, we are still in lockstep here too. I, I think the top two are very close together. In second place in the division, I have the Dallas Cowboys. Last year, the Cowboys finished six and ten. This year, their win total is nine. This makes sense. Dak is back. He got hurt week five last year. 
So you would expect him to be able to win a few more games. And he's 100% healthy. He's ready to go. This team has a top three to five offense in the league. I mean, this team is just absolutely stacked. They have Dak Prescott, Zeke Elliott, Amari Cooper, C.B. Lamb, Michael Gallup, Blake Jarwin, Dolan Schultz, Tony Pollard. I mean, the, the list goes on for skill players for this for this team. And I think that when they do play like the Giants in Dallas, we're, we might see 60. There's a chance that they're gonna that we're gonna get 60 out of a team in an NFL game this year. And the, the problem is that the defense is still terrible. Uh, Cleaver boy Trayvon Diggs is primed for a breakout. He had a, yeah. he had a really good uh, season last year, and he's primed to really take a jump to take a jump up. They drafted Micah Parsons in the first round. He's a good defensive rookie of the year candidate. Outside of that, though, the defense is not anything anything special. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I agree with your assessment of the of the of the weaponry. The coaching is not for me. The coaching is not there. It's just it's just gonna. It, it could be a problem for them. Um, just just at hindsight, thirty foot foot thousand foot view, because we've seen talented teams under McCarthy before, and it's become shit. So I agree with you that Mike McCarthy is a problem as a as a coach. The issue though is that Mike McCarthy does not. He, he has a high floor as well, right? He prevents teams from winning the Super Bowl. He does not make them go three and 13. So I just think with Jerry's, you know, with Jerry's um, interference, interfering, I'm sorry, uh, it, it, it could be a power struggle. And um, where, you know, Jerry's like, hey, we should be maximizing more with these guys. What are you guys, you know, what are you guys doing down there? But one thing I did take away from Hard Knocks is I actually think they're on the same page about what it is they want to do, which I think was smart. Jerry Jones just hired a puppet to come in and be coach. <laughs> they did have a strong dominant personality and who likes to have a powerful offense and they have that. So, I mean, yes, when we get into the playoffs, if the Cowboys make it, Mike McCarthy is going to be a, a problem for them. Whether just roll through the regular season, putting up mm. 500 yards a game. I don't think he's going to be as much of a of an issue for them, but I but I agree with you that he prevents them from having a high ceiling. But I think their defense already prevents that in the first place. This is not yeah. a Super Bowl contender, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It is a team that can contend uh, to make the playoffs. So, Dave, I, like I said, I think we agree that they're interchangeable. So, I'm not counting this division as us not being in lockstep because again, the teams are so similar in the first two and the last two that they could finish in either place and and we would not be surprised but the only reason that i aired on the cowboys winning the division again not with a great record necessarily but was because they had the best quarterback in the division and quarterback is the most you know the most important position in the game and so i you know I, i don't know what we can see out of Fitz. again he's 38 i like the guy uh but that that could be a situation where he could end up being a hindrance for that team, which has an elite defense that we know. And that is something that stands out to me as well. It was a hard pick. I had him sitting there on paper and probably left it for a couple days and flipped a coin almost essentially. Like it feels that <laughs> close to me. Um, and again, I don't see either of these teams as being a Super Bowl contender. I know a lot of people think Washington is, uh, but again, like I, I don't know, like uh, the Fitzpatrick thing, again, liking the guy, knowing what he's done in the league, but thinking about that, getting you all the way, I don't know. I just don't see that happening, and you probably disagree, but it's just what we've seen. It's He's 38. We have a sample here. Yeah, big sample. So for the for the fo- for the Washington football team, who I do have winning the winning the division, this was also very close for me. I usually lean towards the better offense when I have a close a close decision to make. And, you know, in the NFL nowadays, you want to take the best offense. 
And so this was very close. Uh, football team last year, seven to nine. And this year's win total, eight and a half. So Vegas does agree with you, Matt, that the Cowboys are slightly better. There's a couple things, though, about the football team that I think go a little understated. So like we know what Fitz is, but we underestimate how much of an upgrade he is over what they had. Oh, yeah. Like, sure. They went 7-9 last year with Taylor Heineke and Alex Smith playing on one leg. In addition, in addition to that, we have Terry McLaurin, who is great wide receiver, and he's a perfect fit for Fitz, right? Just absolutely perfect to, to go with, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. The other thing is that Antonio Gibson, Gibson excuse me, is a big-time, big-time, big-time second-year breakout candidate at the running back position. Could be a top-three pick in fantasy next year. Catching the ball, mm. right, like the whole thing. I mean, literally could be Alvin Kamara. So they have really good skill position players. And you got your boy Logan Thomas and Matt. So like the offense is, I think, going to be more than good enough. And then you combine that with their defense. We might have the best defense in the league here. Maybe outside Tampa. That this could be the best, the best defense in the league. It's certainly the best defensive line. And so you have a team with a top three defense, a more than functional offense, and Ron Rivera and not Mike McCarthy. And that's why I think the Washington football team is is more likely to win this division than the Dallas Cowboys, even though I have them very close. Yeah. Mm. Like I said, would not be surprised. You know what's probably going to happen? The Eagles will win the division. We'll just be all wrong, completely wrong. Yeah. Wow. So what's funny, that's in the range of outcomes because Jalen Hurts has such a high ceiling. Yeah. Like, it's possible he's actually Kyler. And now, like, <laughs> oh, they actually have the best quarterback in the division. And then here we go, right? They get a couple bounces, and the Eagles could actually win this division. They they probably win this three to five percent of the time. The Giants cannot. I think we're we're not that far off from each other. We have this division as being pretty crappy, pretty lousy, um, and somebody will win it. And it could be one of three teams. It just won't be the Giants. Sorry, Giants fans. Yeah, yeah. sorry guys. The Giants are drawing stone dead to uh, win the division. Wait. Which I believe now we, we move out west to wrap up our, our preview, do we not? With the AFC West? Yes, we move to the AFC West. In the fourth place in the AFC West, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Me too. And the Las Vegas Raiders are a team that they are in the Giants position where the entire bottom could fall out. And I think it is going to fall out. I think this is going to be an epic disaster of a season that we are going to love talking about. So the Death Star blows up, huh? Uh, yeah, so last year they were 8-8. Eight and eight. Their win total this year is 7. The first note I made on this team is this team sucks. So that's what I thought there. I made a note of this. So Cleef, they had five first-round picks between 2019 and 2020, right? Five first-round picks. This would be the base of their team. Here are the five players they pick. And, it, and I'm going to give you a name and just one word to give me your opinion on these players, okay? Cleveland Farrell. <laughs> Sounds like an uncle of a guy who makes honey. <laughs> Josh Jacobs. Mm, sounds like a guy who uh, should still be playing college football. Jonathan Abram. Sounds like a guy I used to go get coffee with. Henry Ruggs. Sounds like a guy who probably works at a uh, pet smart at the groomer, dog groomer's apartment. And Damon Arnett. Uh, sounds like a guy who was like who was probably a waiter at Starbucks. I mean, I'm sorry, at uh, at Red Lobster. And and he's he's moonlighting at Starbucks. I was thinking I was thinking lacrosse player. <laughs> okay, no quarterbacks, Cleveland. huh? No, no Cleveland. One of those names I made up. Which one is made up? I would say the first one. 
Yeah, none of them are made up, but that's the point. Like, they might as well be because nobody cares, right? Now, I want to I want to tell you real quick the five players, that, like the players who were picked immediately after. I mean, the very next pick after these p- picks were made by the Raiders, okay? Okay. First, Devin White, all-pro linebacker, Tampa. Oof. Hollywood Brown, wide receiver, Baltimore. Oof. Jerry Tillery, defensive uh, interior, Pittsburgh. Oof. Tristan Wirfs, all pro tackle Tampa Bay. Oof. And Kalevon Chase on total bus pass rusher. But hey, you can't win them all. So Tampa Bay drafted two Pro Bowl players immediately after the Raiders took Cleveland Farrell and Henry Ruggs. So is it safe to say that this we're 40 million into the Gruden experiment? Is this are they gonna cash their chips in Vegas or what? What are we talking about here? I think everybody's getting fired. I think Mike Mayock's getting fired. I think John Gruden's getting fired. I think Derek Carr is going to be backing up Mitch Trubisky, backing up Josh Allen next year. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, Houston is the favorite to get the first overall pick. The Giants and the Lions are good bets to be right behind them. But I actually think the Raiders could be right there. I mean, this team, wow. I mean, John Gruden is terrible. Derek Carr is not good. They brought in Kenny and Drake to take snaps away from Josh Jacobs. Like you blew a first round pick on Josh Jacobs. Why are you giving money to Kenny and Drake? Who's not good either. I just, I have nothing good to say about this team other than that their new stadium looks awesome. I would have to I, agree with that. I am in lockstep with you. I also have a few things. Uh, the rest of the division got better. And I think the Raiders are the one team who did not get better. But Gruden is now sitting in, I think this is year four or five. I can't remember which. I think it's four. Um, they, you, we all knew they were going to keep him until they made it to Vegas. And last year, you could give a pass for all the COVID stuff and, and whatever. But this year is a make it or break it year, in my opinion, because that, that franchise does not like to lose. Uh, and they have not won anything significant in a very long time. And I just think that John Gruden has, he feels past his prime as a coach. And he was away from the game for so long. The game changed dramatically in the time that he was away. And the moves that he has made, the schemes that he has come up with, I still feel that he is coaching as if it's 2002 again. And he has not adapted his style to that. Uh, We saw a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, even like two years ago with with Antonio Brown, um, he couldn't even like get that off the ground. He, he, he okayed, uh, he okayed like, you know, all this stuff to be leaked out about it. It was, it was, it was a train wreck. The, yeah. uh, so I just think that he's on the hot, if he's not in the hot seat, he's going to be very, very quickly. Cause I do not oh, yeah. see this team competing. And again, that organization is not going to settle for this. I mean, look at the haircut that their, their owner has, right? He, <laughs> yeah. he lives with that decision every single day. And I think Kirby Man. Smart is Kirby Smart's haircut is kind of getting to that for me. Like, that's a weird haircut. <laughs> hey, it's the fryer but, top, bro. Come on. Oh, it's weird. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Raiders are going to be bottom five. I think Kirby Smart could be coaching the Raiders next year. <laughs> That's what I think. I think that there's a, a real good chance. No, we're kidding. It'll be Jim Harbaugh. But uh, yeah, no, the Raiders are terrible. I hammered their under seven as well. Literally, the Raiders and the Giants are going to buy me a car by being terrible. The third place team, and I'm sure, Matt, we are in agreement here. The third place team, the Denver Broncos. Last year, the Broncos go five and 11. This year, their win total is eight and a half. 
And you know what? This team could be a Super Bowl contender if not for one major mistake that they made. Their starting quarterback is Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> and you hear that reaction from Cleve. Yeah. Passed on Justin Fields. And now, Cleve, you're saying by week four, we're going to know about two or whatever. By week mm-hmm. four, we're going to know just how bad of a decision it was for the Broncos to pass on Justin Fields. Listen to this talent that the Broncos have. Melvin Gordon, second-round rookie running back Javante Williams. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant. Man, okay. Wow. About by like October 8th, we're going to be looking at Justin Fields and being like, that was it. He took Patrick Sertan ninth instead instead of taking uh, Justin Fields. They have obviously they didn't make the trade for Aaron Rodgers. Everybody thought they were going to make. And this team could actually be a Super Bowl contender if they had gotten the quarterback position right. And they had every opportunity to do so and they blew it. So, well, I think this team is going to be fun and exciting to watch and they're not going to be terrible. They're going to be way better than the Raiders. They're going to be frustrating the entire time because we're going to be looking at them being like, this could be a team that could have been competing with Kansas City and they're not they're not going to. I mean, you just you can't outscore Kansas City and the Chargers with Teddy Bridgewater. No. No. And I, I, I have to pin this one on John Elway, to be honest with you. Uh and, and the reason I say that is because I think this is a great example of a guy who can play the position, but then we're asking, you know, an elite guy to to really evaluate the position. And there's a reason why guys like Barry Bonds are not good hitting coaches. They can't teach. They can't coach. They just know. And look at the evidence that we have for John Elway. I mean, look at how much money he gave Brock Osweiler. And then Case Keenum Jesus. was his guy. And then Case Keenum <laughs> was his guy. And Trevor Simeon, right? All these names of quarterbacks that have come through there in his tenure, not named Peyton Manning, um, and have not worked out. And here we are in this position where they could have done something this year, knowing that they're a quarterback away. They banked on Aaron Rodgers, it didn't work out, and they didn't do anything in the way of an insurance policy. And we know enough about Drew Locke, in my opinion, uh, Mm. that he, I mean, is is he really a vast improvement over Bridgewater? Not necessarily. I mean, he sure is exciting and he could have a high ceiling, but it's starting to feel like his his time is, is, is up for showing us that. And we we already know what we get out of Teddy. And again, I like Teddy as a guy, right? Yeah. Good story. Good story. But yeah. we know what we have. We we know what we have in Teddy, and it's ultimately going to hinder them going forward. It just is. So I want to say one thing real quick. You listed off some of the quarterbacks that John Elway had that were terrible. And because this will probably be the last time anybody ever says his name in a public forum, I also want to shout out Paxton Lynch. Oh yeah, of course. As a, as a, I'm sorry. As a failed as a failed Broncos uh, uh, quarterback. Okay, Paxton, back to Burger King. Actually, um, this is a, this is a great game for this is a great game for a future episode, Dave. Just name off a bunch of guys. Was he a former Broncos quarterback? Yes or no? The answer is probably yes. It yeah, probably is. Actually, all the names you named off for draft picks of the Raiders were probably former Broncos quarterbacks, and we just didn't know it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, Jonathan Abram could definitely be a, a Broncos quarterback or a founding father, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I think I think the Broncos are going to be exciting. Uh, one one last thing about them: last year in Carolina, Teddy did support three top twenty-four wide receivers in fantasy. So just because he's not that great doesn't mean that if you're if you're in fantasy or playing daily fantasy, you should like be afraid of playing Judy or Fant or any of these good players. He can support these other these these good offensive players around him. But what did Carolina do last year? They put up some offense and lost a bunch of games. And the same thing's going to happen here in, in Denver. And part of the reason is that they are a clear cut behind the top two teams. And the second place team I have here is the Los Angeles Chargers. Last year, seven and nine. This year's win total is nine and five. And they, of course, have the biggest change. One of the biggest changes of the offseason. They fire Anthony Lynn, 
Mr. Halfback dive from the one with no timeouts remaining with the clock under 10 seconds. Mr. Goal line fade 87 plays in a row, given giving Cleveland aneurysm. He's fired. He's not the offensive coordinator of the Lions. And they, and they bring in the defensive coordinator of the uh, of the Rams, Brandon Staley, to uh, be the new head coach. And I actually think that is a huge, huge upgrade. Justin Herbert last year, huge hit in the draft, taking one pick after Tua comes in because Tyrod gets his lung punctured by a doctor ahead of week two, comes in, doesn't look back, plays great. Uh, they have Keenan Allen. They have Big Mike. They have Austin Eckler on defense. They got Derwin James. Joey Bosa is a monster. This team could win this division. I mean, it's it's not likely they're going to need some weirdness to happen. They probably need to sweep Kansas City. But like, this is a really good team, and I have bets on this team to actually win the Super Bowl. So wow, yep. tough sled. Tough sled at the beginning, though. I think they start with do they start with Washington. Um, and then I think they move, they have Dallas. Those are, um, you know, that's a road game to start the season, a home game. Then they play the Chiefs, the Raiders, and the Browns. So they do have a little bit of competition at the beginning with some of the teams we've talked about. But I agree, Dave. I think that they are making the biggest step in this division forward, given all the other talent. That it's it's the Chiefs' division, but I think the Chargers are making moves to catch up to them in the years coming up. If the Chargers are going to win this division, games like Washington and Dallas have to be wins. Yeah. So like, we'll know, like if, if week one, if they lose to Washington, it's like, well, they're probably not catching Kansas City, no matter what. That might say more about Washington than it does about the Chargers, but we'll know immediately the Chargers probably aren't catching the division and they're playing for a for a wild card position. Yeah, um, that's, that's how I felt about the Steelers playing the Bills this week. Like, we'll know if the Steelers are going to be competitive or if they're not going to be competitive. But the Bills blow them out. I think we know a lot. Yeah, no, I uh, I totally agree. I fully agree with that assessment. You said they play the Browns on week five. Where is that game? That is uh, at home. So it's a home game for them. Yeah. So I think that for the Chargers, like like that game, you know, five weeks into the season, the Browns are probably three and one or four and oh, everybody's talking about them. And then they come into Los Angeles like that. That's the game right there. If the Chargers just win that game by 14 points, Super Bowls in in, you know, in play yeah. for sure. But yeah, either way, we're talking about this team being good. We haven't really talked about any of the downsides on this team because I don't think there are that many. I can't really think of any. I think the coaching was one last year, and like you said, yeah. it's a it's a huge upgrade, and we will see how much that 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 matters because if the if your coaching is better than it is from last year, and the talent pool, I mean, we saw flashes from that team last year mm -hmm. uh, at, at times. So if Herbert takes a step forward, obviously year two can be tricky sometimes for a quarterback. You know, teams figure him out, they scheme a little bit differently, but if he's the way he was last year and he is as advertised, uh, he will overcome those for sure. Hey, Cleve, you want to make a bet? Chargers oh. versus Lions, total wins. Oh, oh, come, nah, <laughs> that's <laughs> all right. You know nah. what? Intrigue me, intrigue me. What? What are we talking here? What do you mean? Like you said, win. Like I mean, we, I you you know I have the the Lions at seven wins. The Chargers yeah, so are going to win. I want the Chargers win for more. Do you want to take the bet? Yeah, no, because they're going to win. I mean, come <laughs> on. I, you know what? Like I would. And that, if I take that bet, then I'll I'll take the bridge that you have in the background that you want to sell as well. <laughs> uh, do you, do you want to tell the audience about the bet we made with the college against the Lions? Clemson. What was that again? Yeah, Clemson. Uh, yeah. So, Clemson. So, yeah, so I got Clemson versus the Detroit Lions most wins. Yeah, there's a lot. So anyway, uh, for that session, don't murder me on the treadmill <laughs> no. or something. No, 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 no. I'm going to Clemson you know, won eleven games. No, I, I, I'll be a gentleman. I, I won't be a jerk off. <laughs> <laughs> I am from the East Coast, but I, 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 I'll be fair with that. I, I won't welch. Okay. And then the uh, the 
first place team in the division here, obviously the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, last year, 14 and two. This year, their win total is 12 and a half, which seems like a step back, but it's not. That's the highest in the league. You yeah. don't get any higher than 12 and a half. So they're still expected to be the best team. They have the best odds to win the Super Bowl, even better than Tampa. This team is great. And the other thing, too, is that Mahomes has made the final four at least the last three seasons. He's got one championship and two losses to Brady. Yeah. I mean, like, it's happening. It's happening. Mahomes is it. I'm not betting against this team unless they get injured. However, their offensive depth is not where it needs to be. So they have Clyde Edwards Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Miko Hardman. Cleve, name any other skill position player on the Chiefs besides those four. Kelsey, Hill, Hardman, CEH. Name one. Name one backup wide receiver, one backup tight end, one backup running back on the Chiefs. Byron Pringle? No. No, I didn't actually. uh, Was it Sammy Sammy Watkins still there? He's in Baltimore. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's all I had. Right, but that's what that's what I'm saying, right? Like they have this is like the best offense in football, and we and like we don't know anybody beyond like the first four guys. <laughs> like, what if Tyree Kill gets hurt? I mean, he is like five foot six. Yeah, <laughs> like like what if he gets hurt? This team is in a lot of trouble. What if Travis Kelsey? The age is going to catch up with Kelsey at some point. He's 32. At some point, he's just gonna he's going to turn into Jason Witten at some point. What mm-hmm. if it's this year? There are some actual holes for this season that are there that I actually have bets on other teams besides them to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But I still think they're the best team in the division. We have to bet on them being successful, not bet on injuries. And this team is is just lights out. One thing we have to give them credit for is uh, attempting to upgrade their offensive line after that Super yes. Bowl. And to, Dave, to your point, they had offensive line troubles two Super Bowls in a row. They just happened to win one of them. And so they went out and they they upgraded in different ways. So they they at least did the smart organizational move and made an upgrade where they knew they had the biggest hole. Yeah, they actually drafted Creed Humphrey out of uh, Oklahoma, an interior lineman in the second round. And he's one of those guys where, like, those who watch college football all the time, where you're just like, that guy's playing 14 years in the NFL, maybe going to the Hall of Fame. Like, you know, you're just mm. like, he's got it. Like, he just he just has it all, all put together. So when they drafted him, I was like, well, there's one position down yep. that's settled. You know, just really very smart organization, smart team. I mean, are there two organizations and teams that can be any more opposite than the Raiders and the Chiefs? No. I, I don't think so. And, you know, it's funny, this division, you know, it feels, you know, like a lock, like we know who's going to win it. Um, the last division, though, I think we saved it for last on purpose because I don't know about you, Dave. I I really struggled with what to do with this division because there are so many good teams in it. That's the yeah, NFC I, West. Yes, the NFC West. I struggled with this division as well. And so, Cleve, I'm going to say something here that mm-hmm. that I want to see your reaction to. All four teams in this division are capable of winning the Super Bowl. Okay. All of them which makes this the most exciting division I can remember in a long time, because one of these teams is going to be able to win the Super Bowl and they're going to finish like seven to nine because that's how <laughs> math works. <laughs> and and uh, like somebody's getting fired who probably shouldn't be something like that. Like this is, this is going to be so great. So Matt will be, we'll see how in lockstep we are here. I think we agree on the fourth place team though. The fourth place team is the Arizona Cardinals. We do. Yep. Last year, eight and eight. This year's win total, eight and five. And the thing is, this team is super loaded with talent. I mean, they are good everywhere. Tyler has been fantastic. He finished last year hurt. He was great before that. And he hasn't been super efficient yet. If he plays super efficiently, given his talent and the volume that he gets, he could absolutely break fantasy football like Lamar Jackson did a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. Could just be out of this world. DeAndre Hopkins, of course, is amazing. They bring in Rondell Moore, who is basically Darren Sproles, who plays wide receiver. 
They had JJ mm-hmm. Watt, AJ Green, James Conner. They're all dust balls, but they're depth dust balls. They're not there to to save to save the day. The issue is Cliff Kingsbury. Hundred percent agree. Yeah, one hundred percent. This division is too tough to have a coach who routinely makes in-game mistakes, like kicking field goals when you should be going for it. You know, maybe if they were the Packers, they could get away with that in the NFC North. But in this division, it's it's not going to work. I totally agree. And I think if yeah. there's anything that's going to hinder them from winning the Super Bowl, it would be their coach. We talked about that with Mike McCarthy, right? Mike McCarthy's ceiling is hindering teams from winning the Super Bowl. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, in my opinion, is coaching for his job this season because they put a lot into this offensive scheme. And they, they need to make the playoffs at, at, at bat, they at worst, right? Uh, yeah, yep. The, the other thing that happened at the end of last year, and this could be a product of the fact that he was hurt, but Kyler really was not stepping up into the pocket and running north to south. A lot of lateral movement. Team started to scheme against that, sealing the edge off, and he really didn't adjust. And I don't know, again, if it was because he was hurt and he really didn't have that, but I think that's something you want to see out of him this year is stepping up a little bit more, even if he ends up running north and south. Uh, And I know that his height sometimes is something that people go to, and that's not really what I'm getting at. But I think it's just a matter of updating his game to now they have to watch him everywhere when he was very, very, very much uh, skewing toward running out, running to the outside to get his yardage. But I do think a lot of it was the injury. He had a shoulder injury. And so not wanting to take contact, he might have even been uh, coached to not to not do that. It's not like he had that problem at at Oklahoma. Right. So. So yeah, so no, I think I think that's I think that's the case. But again, this team is capable of winning the Super Bowl, even though I have them fourth in the division. This is a very good team. The third place team in the division, and this is where we're gonna start differing, I think, Matt. I have the Los Angeles Rams. Me too. Oh my wow. goodness. Wow. Oh my goodness. Okay. Wow. So yeah, so I have the Rams third. Now, to be clear, I have the Rams making the playoffs, right? I yes. think this division gets three teams in. So Me too. So I have the Rams in the playoffs. I have them third in the, in the division. Last year, 10 and six. This year's win total, 10 and a half. Big, biggest change, of course, the trade. They jettisoned Jared Goff to the wasteland in exchange for Matt Stafford. Um, and this is just a huge upgrade for this team at the quarterback position. I mean, McVay hasn't had a quarterback yet in the league who can throw the ball away. Matt Stafford can. Robert Woods hasn't had it. Cooper Cup hasn't had it. The only real downside for this team on offense is that Cam Akers tore his Achilles in an offseason workout. And, you know, he was a prime second-year breakout candidate at the running back position. This offense, though, is ready to go. And I am so excited, finally, for, like, Matt Stafford to have a chance to play with a really good coach and a really good scheme and a really good offense and a really good defense. I mean, he had Dominican Sue and Calvin Johnson for, like, three years and made the playoffs twice. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he's, you know, you put some talent around him. He he can really play. And so I am very excited uh, for this. The defense, of course, they still have Aaron Donald, who, in my opinion, is still the best player in the league. They have Jalen Ramsey. I just, this team, this team is great. That's really just about what I think about the other two teams in the division. I can't really pull a lot of holes here. The only issue is that for their scheduling, this team plays, this division plays the NFC North and the Rams catch the Vikings and the Packers on the road. That's about mm. it. That's about the yeah. only thing I have to say about them. I think this division is going to come down to the the, the teams that they play, right? Like, I don't think they're all going to split with each other. So it's going to come down to, I think, whoever comes out with the best record of their divisional opponents because the division is so tough. Um, and and that's where that's where it became difficult for me because I honestly see the last three teams in this division as eleven plus wins, possibly all of them, and that says a lot. I mean, and that that tells you a lot. Like, and I was a little hesitant on the Seahawks because of the fact that 
you know, Pete Carroll could hinder them. But at, for the Rams, it's like just because I have them third, 11 and six will be just fine. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. Cleve, what do you think about the Rams? Um, I agree with you guys. Uh, no, uh, no pushback there. Um, you know, we the uh, the golf thing is intriguing to me because I, I honestly think that um, him out, uh, Stafford in, and vice versa. I think those teams are are, are gonna we're gonna see an experiment of like the culture and the coaching and all of that good stuff. So we're gonna see if 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 Matt goes and just lights it up and is lights out. Good for him. If golf if golf comes in and the Lions, you know, benefit from it. It was a good. It was a good. Uh, a good trade. Yeah. Well, you expect the Lions to benefit because you think they're going to win seven games this year based on just Super Bowl <laughs> currency. But uh, I. Uh, it hasn't dimmed just yet. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah. No. Rams. Rams are good. Now, I don't think there's actually that much intriguing about them. It's just they have to go there and play the games. The second yeah. place team in the division. I have the Seattle Seahawks. Last year, twelve and four, but it felt like a struggle. Twelve and four. <laughs> this year, their win total is ten. There's a huge difference here, though, with this team. They got rid of Kyle Schottenheimer. I think that's his name. Whatever, Marty's kid. He's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the players were saying that his passing attack, his passing schemes, they weren't creative. They were all running the same three routes every single play. Teams could easily download it, scheme to stop it. And so then that's the reason that Pete Carroll wanted to go back to running the ball was because the passing game was terrible because really? of the coaching. Yes. They bring in Shane Waldron from the Rams. And so the thought is that, okay, now we got the guy who was scheming open Cooper Cup in Robert Woods with Jared Goff, but now he gets Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf with Russell Wilson. I think that the, that the Seahawks are going to throw the ball less than they did last year, but they're going to be much more efficient when they pass it. And that this is actually a Russ MVP season. I'm calling it right now. Russ MVP. So, so let, so uh, what was it last year? Let Russ, let Russ cook. cook. Yeah. yeah. So, think, so we're you know, 2.0 now. He won't be he won't be in the kitchen as often because they're not going to pass as much as they did to start last year. But when they throw, it's going to be much more efficient. The only thing that worries me about this team is, like you said, Dave. Uh, you know, I'd like to think that Pete Carroll wouldn't go back to what he tried to scheme last year. But you know, you never know. I mean, if they go back to wanting to run the football and be this like run first offense and not let Russ do his thing. Or they start off a little bit struggling. We know that they had some off-season problems between Russ and the coaching staff and all that. Uh, you know, if those things kind of rear their ugly head, it could prevent this team from reaching their ceiling. But I, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here that they are going to not have to deal with that stuff and they're going to reach their ceiling. And you know, Russ and, and those receivers are too talented to really be kept down. Uh, the defense, you know, has been shaky in in, in previous years, and I think sometimes feels like people give them the benefit of the doubt like we're still talking about the legion of boom but it's not as if they're a bottom five defense or anything like that so yeah uh and they do they do have jamal adams the new york jets best player so that's correct (laughs) (laughs) gotta go there man so so this means so this means that dave and i are very bullish on the san francisco 49ers so you have the 49ers winning as well i do all right man we actually were in agreement on this on this tough this tough division I feel like we got to get skip bayless or colin coward in here so i got somebody to disagree with the uh 49ers last year six and ten this year the win total is ten and five and i could not be more excited for this team first of all their schedule is insanely easy it is absurdly easy the schedule they get because they get the fourth place schedule because they finished in fourth place last year. Um, you know, this team is loaded. They have Raheem Mostert, Trey Sermon, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, George Kittle, of course. And I actually think that this team 
could legitimately win the Super Bowl if Jimmy G played all season, which means that we are going to have the situation like last year in Miami when the 49ers are 7-1 and they switch to Trey Lance and Cleve loses his mind that they're switching to the rookie quarterback <laughs> despite Henderson being like 7-1. This team feels very much like the team that Kaepernick took over from Alex Smith. Right, where because mm-hmm. we've said, Dave, I think you used Alex Smith as an example of a time when you would sit the rookie quarterback when you have a guy like that. Alex Smith lost his starting job twice uh, to to guys like that, and I see this team very similarly. I think the one aspect that you have to take into consideration is the fact that they are playing fully healthy now. Last year they yes. did not have that, and they have a top three head coach in the NFL. I think that yes, one hundred percent. 100% there and you know he does we he does to me he doesn't have to prove that he can coach because going 6 and 10 with that team last year was very similar to Belichick going 7 and 9 with that Patriots team last year everything they had to deal with the covid stuff i mean at one point they played a game they didn't have a home they couldn't even practice in their own town yeah. because of covid yeah. stuff you'd like to think that that wouldn't happen this year and again if the team is doing well and lance takes over and lights it up i'm very bullish on the 49ers and i don't know if it's because i just want them to do well but uh if anything they have a talented team a talented you know quarterback room and a handsome quarterback room yeah yeah absolutely and the thing is this trey lance kid is i think he's going to be unbelievable and when you put him with such a great head coach i mean he he is a real threat in the running game, like a thousand year or a thousand yard rush threat. Really good, big arm. Jimmy G is going to start the year here. I don't know how long he's going to be able to hold Trey Lance off though. And I think when Lance is healthy, he's got chip in his finger right now. But I think that when uh, when he's healthy, we're going to start seeing Lance. Like he's going to play at the goal line. He's going to come in inside the ten because he's got the 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 rushing capability. I fifteen and two is in the range of outcomes for the 49ers here, even in this this tough division. This division is super tough. I actually think the 49ers are the clear best team in this division. They can still finish third because the other teams are also really good. Yeah. But I I cannot be any higher on the 49ers uh, in this division this year. I'll be honest with you guys. I think that all three of these teams, no matter where they finish, whether it's first, second, third, all making the playoffs, I think they're all dangerous in the playoffs because looking at the landscape of the NFC in my mind, there's the Bucks, and then there's a pretty giant chasm between the other teams not in this division, I mean. Um, and so if the 49ers you know, make it, I can see them being very dangerous, especially if their offense is updated with Trey Lance becoming dynamic. You know, it adds it and adds an element to their team that not a lot of other teams can really put out there. But all those teams, I could see them. Uh, making a deeper into the playoffs, if not beating the Bucks to make it to the Super Bowl. So I think this division is is excellent, and you know what that means, right? It means that none of these, te- only one of these teams is going to make the playoffs now. Now that Dave and I are extremely bullish in the NFC West, three teams from the AFC South will make the playoffs, and I'll have to quit podcasting forever. And it's going to be the sixteen and one Arizona Cardinals when they trade for Danny Dimes to take over for Kyler. Oh, wow. God. No, get, get, yeah, that, that's what'll happen. They'll fire everybody in Arizona, fire everybody in New York. Gettleman will take over in Arizona, take Danny Dimes with him. And, uh, that's how that, that'll be the new 30 for 30. What if I told you that Danny Dimes would win a Super Bowl as a starter? <laughs> All right. So that wraps up our divisional preview. We have eight minutes left. Um, do we want to make any Super Bowl predictions? Well, yeah. So I do want to get, I want to get an MVP prediction. I want to get a Super Bowl prediction from you guys. And uh, I can go first on the MVPs and give you guys a chance to think about in case you don't have it all, all lined up. But I think the MVP this year is going to be Tua. No. Um, oh. 
Oh, don't don't do don't do that. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. No, I think that the MVP this year is going to be Russ Wilson because he's always been a super efficient passer. And that when they have these improvements here, he's got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They're going to be in games where he's going to have to be throwing. They're not going to be able to win games, you know, 13 to 10 in this division. He's going to have to throw the ball a lot if they're going to be successful. And I think they will be successful. So I have Russell Wilson finally winning an MVP. Mm, Okay. I'm going to take Josh Allen this year. Uh, It was between Josh and Baker for me, just because I think of value when I think of MVP and not just stats. Uh, But Josh Allen, we said, could have won it last year. And I think he takes a step forward. So that's who I'm going with. Cleef? I actually have uh, it's one and the same. I have the um, the Browns Super Bowl champion, and I have Baker MVP. What wow. is what is happening to Cleveland? I mean, the team and the co-host. <laughs> like, I never, I never thought that you like. No, I mean, you, you come around on Baker, and you're like, okay, he's not a bust. Okay, he's pretty good, and like, yeah, Cleveland's got it going on. They can win the division. This is this is really something. I cannot wait for 2023 when you're calling for two to be MVP and the Dolphins to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> if basically, if you know, it's it's not, you know, obviously, I I didn't consider what you guys were clamoring about last season about his his art coming into the league. Like he came into a god-awful situation and he somehow it clicked somehow the lights turned on and he started started playing if they can get obj in in line i think his personality needs to temper a little bit because he's at the tail end of his career now that this is his chance um i think they can get that offense clicking and the defense can hold and if we saw what we saw last year against the chiefs he had a shot but i think baker Baker finally gets it, and I, and I think Baker's playing for a big contract. So, you know, that's why I got that set up the way it is. All right, and who are the Browns going to defeat in the Super Bowl? That I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, I, I got to see. Well, I know you better give us something, some preseason prediction. Season starts tonight. <laughs> so I got one for you. Okay. So I have the Browns winning the Super Bowl as well, and I have the Browns beating the San Francisco 49ers. Man, <laughs> man, man, get out of my head. Look, I'm going to put, I have it on paper. I'm going to put it to the camera. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? It can't read my yeah. handwriting. I have the yeah. Browns beating the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Holy Written shit, down. what's going on? What's going on? <laughs> yep. I just, I honestly, so I, I, I had Bucks at 49ers in the NFC Championship game, and I let that simmer for a little bit, trying to think about, you know, am I doing the NCAA tournament thing? Am I getting a little too hyped up on this, like New Mexico or something as a three seed? And I, I just don't feel like that's the case. And I feel like it's hard to win two Super Bowls in a row. It's very, very difficult to do so. Oh, yeah. And the Bucks are, you know, are playing with a team that they didn't lose anybody from last year. Brady is 44 years old. But I see the 49ers like they're playing with an extra chip on their shoulder after last year, all those injuries, getting everybody back. Shanahan is an excellent coach. He's a better coach than Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians isn't really coaching the Bucks. Tom Brady's coaching the Bucks. to Cleve's point. And I don't know. I just erred on the side of the young, exciting team, two young, exciting teams, to be honest with you. But I just see the Browns being better because they put so much together over those years. And maybe it's my heart talking, uh, but they're a damn good football team, and honestly, that's what I think is going to happen, and that's what I want. As awkward as it seems, and it's going to be an ugly-ass game with those brown uniforms and orange helmets, <laughs> but 
um, the, the Cleveland Browns Super Bowl champions. I, I will be very happy if it happens. Yeah. I will be I will be very upset if it happens. I never want anything good to happen to the state of Ohio. Cleveland fans are typically <laughs> Ohio State fans. I don't want anything good to happen to them ever. Um, wow. So even though I predicted it, I'm not rooting for it. I want to be wrong here. Fuck Ohio State. Mm. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I cannot believe that all three of us independently have chosen the Browns to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, dude. It's, this really it's amazing. Is, it, never mind. I said this was Earth One. It's not. This is an alternate timeline. <laughs> I don't know what decision somebody made in like 2015 that put us on the alternate timeline with like capital insurrections and the Browns winning the Super Bowl. But I'd like to put it back. They almost pulled it off last year, brother. Yeah. Almost pulled I, it off. I think it's worthwhile for the listeners to know that we don't discuss much about what we're going to talk about in the show outside of very, very loose topics, a little peek behind the curtain, if you will. It's very high level topics and the, the details that we get into are not discussed ahead of time. We did not talk about picks. We don't talk about, you know, who we think is going to win. Last year, when I predicted the Bucks to go to the Super Bowl, that was an on the spot moment. And while all yeah. three of us have done our research, this moment here is purely organic. And that's what makes the show so great. So all three of us are going to be so wrong when some other team <laughs> wins the Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so please, disclaimer, do not put little Jimmy's college fund on what anything that we just said. You're, well, yeah. you're, you're making your own pick. However, <laughs> however. If the Browns win the Super Bowl nine months afterward, about Thanksgiving next year, there's going to be a lot of little, um, a little bakers <laughs> running around. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing: we are we are going to have to make a political football bet on the Browns, though, here to win the Super Bowl before the season starts. So we'll discuss offline. Yeah, what you want to do, but we can't have all three of us come to the same conclusion. Oh yeah, and not oh, yeah. Bet. oh like, yeah. of course. We gotta, of you course. Know, that's that's that is insane and then also have the same opponent matt like i mean you also just like really like gangster rap and heart and like <laughs> rock and roll i mean polish food well let's see so if you look at my if you look at my life uh i have 40 sneakers in my closet right now definitely not the most white thing i do um i yes uh, I listen to a lot of heavy metal. I listen to a lot of very hardcore rap. I'm very extreme when it comes to those things. But then again, I also will throw on Frank Sinatra every now and again. So I have the ability to be suave and and sort of be, uh, you know, in the middle somewhere. But uh, I like to think that my own self and, and my own personality is not something that's pinned based off of one thing. Like I'm kind of all over the place. And I think Cleve found that out thinking I was going to be w one way, knowing what region of the country I was born in. Yeah. And uh, I am, I am not that way. I, I, I very much like to think that I um, do things my own way. That's what my mom used to say is that I should, you should always do things your way. And mm -hmm. uh, that's why she's having Frank Sinatra's my way played at her funeral. Nice. Nice. No, that's, a, that's a great, that is a great choice. Yeah, before I agree. Matt, before Matt closes uh, closes down with the uh, with the good feeling of the week, I got my Carver Zero uh, first uh, thing of the week of of, of the season. Um, one Adam Pacman Jones um, made his made a boxing debut at a rough and rowdy. Matt knows what rough and rowdy is. Oh, For those that God. don't know, it's Barstool Sports. It's like a tournament that they put on of just amateur fights, and it just it, it it gets really raucous. Adam Jones comes in with the his ring walk featured uh, his uh, mountaineer helmet, <laughs> and he gets the shit kicked out of him. And um, he he had to eat some humble pie because he guaranteed a victory against a guy who actually boxes. But it was a shit show of a fight, and that was 
Adam Pacman Jones trying to become a boxer at 37 years old. Deion Sanders also did color commentary and pretty much jerked him off the entire night. Um, not literally, but figuratively. Uh, <laughs> I think he would have had he great. be given the chance. <laughs> yeah, it's great. So there we go for our cover zero couldn't, first of the season. Couldn't be more mountaineer of him to predict victory in a game that he had absolutely no business winning. That's uh, that's about <laughs> right. Um, my mountaineers also, I think, lost to Maryland this weekend. Oh, darn. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to his baby brother. Quarterback yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So my positivity for the week, fellas, is a little bit self-aggrandizing, if you will. But uh, I told you about this offline, but I think it's important. Uh, I'm going to be a guest tomorrow on Erupt News, which is a news app that that came out in May. They're looking to uh, sort of take a casual approach to journalism. And I mean, that is they are not doing Fox News or CNN. They want to talk about stuff and have differing opinions. And they have reached out to me for some reason to talk about Naomi Osaka and athletes and the media and their relationships. So I'll be doing that tomorrow live at 11 a.m. Pacific time, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, I've been told that I will be given a two-minute block to where I can plug everything. So uh, I will be able to plug a bunch of stuff. There will be social media handles available. Uh, and if anybody needs that information, uh, reach out to us, Political Football Podcast on Instagram, and I can send you the the link to the app that that will be on and it will be it will be recorded as well so you can watch it afterwards but kind of a fun thing uh, i had a pre-screen call with the guy the other day he works for the la rams and covers the la kings so uh, this is mm. not some joe schmo product that they're putting out there wow. well that's, that, that's fantastic that's a great opportunity and uh yeah, maybe don't tell them that i call the buccaneers frauds or Cleve thinks tua is basically mitch trubisky but worse <laughs> yeah, please don't don't do that. <laughs> well, they, they initially contacted me about uh, they wanted to talk about Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor, and I gracefully declined, saying I don't think we need another white male talking about female and minority problems. Good baton pass, there, brother. Good baton they, pass. They, they were on they were on board with that, and I was like, I just don't think that's a good idea. However, I don't mind talking about athletes in general with their with the media because I think you can uh, you can gracefully walk through that and talk about it. And uh, we've we've talked about it on this show before, just about, you know, this idea that as a fan, you can demand that players do certain things and, and go out there for your entertainment. And it's just not that world anymore. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree. Absolutely. Also, uh, should we try to add Rachel Nichols to the podcast here? I think she's available. <laughs> so so is Cam Newton. Uh, actually, you know who I really want to get on the podcast is the head coach for Bishop Sycamore. That's who I really want oh, to get yeah. on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I want to find out what his arrest warrants are for because uh, <laughs> that's very important to know. All right, fellas. Uh, we finally got everything in. So just to recap for everybody, the Cleveland Browns, in a unanimous decision, will win the Super Bowl this year. And we will revisit this over the course of the season. I think it's important that we keep ourselves uh, honest on this. So we have a lot to take care of. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys tonight's game. I have the Bucks winning. I think the two of you probably agree with me. I don't know about the score of the game, but I see the Bucks winning tonight. Uh, but mm. I think it's going to be a little bit more competitive than people think that it is. Uh, yes. Just because, you know, first week of the season, you never know. Um, but I, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Sunday. We'll be texting offline. Everybody stay safe this weekend. And I end every show now that I do with make sure you hug your, hug your loved ones. It's very, very important. We don't get a lot of time and we have to make sure we cherish that. So, fellas, have a great weekend. And I will talk to you on Sunday. Seven hours right. of commercial free football. Peace. Peace. See you.
Political Football is exclusively owned by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice and is brought to you by Matty Ice Media. The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed by Cleve, Dave, and Matty Ice do not necessarily reflect the opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints of Matty Ice Media.